Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. It's great to be with you on a fantastic week as we get ready to relaunch uh, top-flight European soccer uh, or in Germany to start with. And, of course, it'll be fantastic because you can have a weekend of live sports here in America, which is something that we've been desperately missing for the last, well, at least since, uh, what, middle of March. Uh, the Bundesliga restarting this weekend and not too far behind it. Uh, we're going to have Serie A, we're going to have La Liga, and most likely the Premier League. So top flight European football are taking the lead in the restart of sports. And of course, here in the United States, we'll be seeing uh, the U.S. Sports League slowly but surely uh, starting their wheels, turning their wheels of resumption. And we all look forward to that. But we have been doing this week our, pre our Bundesliga preview for you. If you haven't been following the Bundesliga much during the season, uh, we've been bringing you up to speed on everything that you needed to know and giving you a preview of all the games. We actually uh, ended early last time. We were unable to get to just a couple of the games. So we are going to finish those off today. And when I say we, I'm talking about myself and my good friend and co-host, Mr. Kartik Krishnaya, who will be joining me right after the break. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. That's at Nick Eber. Once again, this is Fifth Street Soccer, presented by betonline.ag. And I really would encourage everybody to go to betonline.ag. There's lots of sports to bet on. If you want to have a little wager on the Bundesliga, of course, you can do it at betonline.ag. Use promo code MYPOD100. That's promo code MYPOD100. And I'd like to thank BetOnline for being a steadfast sponsor uh, throughout this entire quarantine and pandemic. While there's really been very little sports to talk about, uh, BetOnline have been sitting and standing behind us, uh, supporting us the whole way. And we really appreciate that, as have our networks, uh, the American Forces Network, uh, Sirius XM uh, uh, Radio, and, of course, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And if you miss any part of the show, check it out. Check us out right upon its conclusion at the Believe Podcast Network. All right, so I'm going to bring Kartik in, step aside, take a break, gather my thoughts, and we'll be right back to kick it all off on Fifth Street Soccer, presented by betonline.ag. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer, presented by betonline.ag. And look, while you're waiting out this pandemic with us at home, uh, you may not know this, but you can still have a lot of fun betting online at betonline.ag. Right now, of course, there's no NBA, there's no NHL, no baseball. There is, however, the Bundesliga starting up, so that's very exciting. But you might think there's nothing to bet on other than that, but you're wrong, folks, because BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino and poker room and blackjack tables. But look, it's not just sports. There's eSports, 
there's American Idol, there's Big Brother, the elections. Let's not forget about that great race starting up here uh, in earnest. There's the $750,000 poker series. Look, there's still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, use promo code MYPOD100 betonline.ag your online wagering experts well speaking of experts i'm uh, pleased to have with me my good friend and co-host uh, mr kartik krishnaya somewhat of a bundesliga expert which is great because we still have a couple of matches that we have yet to get to in this weekend and monday's bundesliga slate kartik uh we got some good ones don't we yeah so i uh, wanted to finish up yesterday we uh we talked about uh, Union Berlin and, and them losing their home uh, advantage, right, in, in, in playing right. Bayern and how closed-door matches are going to favor the bigger size. And I think one of the things that we will find through the next nine weeks or eight weeks, however many fixtures are left, is that playing at home has no real material advantage because, again, this is a country that's that's pretty small. You can get around it pretty easily. And um, for clubs like Union Berlin who have been – one of the stories in Europe this year, I mean, they're sitting mid-table. This is a uh, kind of a cult club, kind of associated with left-wing politics, right? This very, um, which is why we, we see and hear a lot about them in the United States. It's supporting them and FC St. Pauli is a bit of a cause for, for some um, political leftists in the U.S. Uh, that, that whole atmosphere, that whole kind of anti-fascist vibe that F FC Union Berlin has uh, goes away. So I think this match, uh, among others, are going to be where you see home advantage for clubs with incredible atmospheres won't matter anymore. They beat uh, Borussia Dortmund earlier in the season, uh, which has had an impact on this title race. Uh, that was a shocking result when that happened, but that was kind of a statement of intent from Union Berlin. I think Bayern gets the job done here. One thing I am concerned about, though, uh, Nick, is Bayern is an older squad. They're a squad that relies heavily on Robert Lewandowski's goals, and he's past 30, and um, being very fit and being uh, pressing the heck out of teams and winning the ball back in advantageous positions and scoring uh, on quick breaks. I mean, and this has been the case with Bayern for 10 years, even with Ribéry and Robin. That's how they played on the wings. Now it's it, it, it's uh, Gnabry and Kingsley Coman. I think uh, maybe lack of fitness, um, not having kind of full speed a full-speed ramp-up to uh, this resumption may affect them. Uh, I still think they win this game, though. Let's say 3-1. Uh, to one. Well, let's take a look at the odds, shall we, courtesy of betonline.ag. And uh, right now, if we look at it, uh, well, obviously, Union Berlin are the massive underdogs at plus 1,038. And, of course, it is at home for Union Berlin without fans. So, as you pointed out quite rightly, uh, that advantage is certainly mitigated somewhat. The consensus is three and a half goals which means to pay out, essentially, uh, Bayern Munich need to win 4-0. And right now, you can get on that spread plus 100 uh, for a two-goal spread uh, with Bayern Munich. But the consensus is three and a half goals. So uh, it, it, the, the bookmakers, Kartik, are telling you it's going to be a thrashing. Yeah. 
and, and and that's my sense too. Again, the one question is: Is Bayern back to full fitness, or is something remotely resembling full fitness? Because they are heavily reliant on, uh, on and we saw it in the uh, in the match against Chelsea, right? In in, in the Champions League, they mm-hmm. are heavily reliant on the ability to break, uh, to win the ball back. Uh, they don't absorb pressure, right? They win the ball back in their own in, in the other opposition half, and they score quickly. That takes a certain degree of fitness and energy. Again, five subs helps with that. But yeah, right. um, I want to see if there's some sort of change in tactics for these teams because they, um, this league in particular is a high-energy league. I, I don't know if teams are going to be at that level of fitness, right? And, and mental sharpness either to play that way. All right. Well, listen, also on Saturday is Borussia Mönchengladbach traveling to Frankfurt to play. Uh, no, pardon me. We did that one. Excuse me. Uh, is I see. Yeah. I'm starting early today. Uh, it's uh, Mainz uh, traveling to Köln uh, to, t- to take on Köln. Obviously, uh, in that match, um, this one, you know, Köln is what uh, dead is tenth in the table right now, and yeah, uh, they're, Mainz, they're very uh, mediocre. Mainz are right above the drop zone by two points. So I would say this is a very important match for Mainz here. They want to get all three points, and uh, they are on the road. The bookmakers on this one. However, have Mainz as uh, plus 260 underdogs, called as minus 108. The draw is plus 278. Uh, Kartik, I kind of like that draw, actually. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, Cologne has had very few draws this season, uh, only one or two draws uh, uh, in the league. But this seems like a match that's set up to, to draw first match back. Mainz need to collect points. Uh, they are still in a bit of trouble. Uh, we talked about Fortuna yesterday. Let's assume Fortuna gets three points. Um, we have to remember that uh, in the Bundesliga, third from bottom doesn't go automatically down, but correct. you're still in a playoff. Yeah, correct. And um, this season, it looks like one of the teams, the, the, one, the potential playoff uh, opposition will either be Hamburg or Stuttgart, which are traditional Bundesliga one teams. Uh, Hamburg... Right had one of the longest runs of any club in Europe in the top flight, right? Until they got relegated two years ago. I think they were behind just Barcelona and Real Madrid and uh, and Arsenal, I believe. I think they had the fourth longest top flight run uh, in Europe when they got relegated. So very, very big club historically sitting in the second division now. And uh, so you don't want to be in that 16th spot. I, I, I think this, this looks like a draw to me also. All right. Next up, we have uh, Bremen against uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Werder Bremen. Uh, right now are in the drop zone with 18 points. Yeah. Uh, they're going to definitely look to get out. Uh, they are four points behind Fortuna for that uh, playoff, for that relegation playoff spot. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen, uh, they are not really in the title race, Kartik. Uh, they may be keen to enter the Champions League spot race, uh, and that may be something different. But uh, this an interesting match, I suppose. Of course, Bayer Leverkusen, mm-hmm. if you've been... Uh, uh, watching the Bundesliga for a long time. Uh, I've seen a lot of great American players, such as Landon Donovan, playing for them over the years. Um, but, uh, Kartik, uh, the odds for this one are uh, Leverkusen away favorites at minus 120, uh, Bremen plus 294. I uh, do rather like Leverkusen for this win. Well, this is a, a match that I think had it been played before the break, we absolutely, Leverkusen would have beaten them 4-0. Bremen have been horrible. They've scored, I think, maybe two goals since 
uh, the winter break. Uh, Leverkusen flying. Leverkusen actually have been as good as Bayern or Dortmund of late. Uh, and uh, they score a lot of goals. Peter Bosch's system is a high, high energy system, uh, high pressing combined with kind of Ajax passing principles where, where he formerly managed. So uh, I would say Leverkusen 4-0, 5-0 if this had been played when it was supposed to be played. The break can only help Bremen, right? And it can only hurt Leverkusen. When you're playing as well as Leverkusen was, as I said, they were playing as well as even Bayern or, or Dortmund when this COVID came. And Bremen uh, were the worst team, maybe the worst team in the top in the top flight league in Europe uh, in fe- February and early March. So, uh, yeah, but still, I, I'm looking for reasons to try and go against conventional wisdom. Yeah, Leverkusen will win. Maybe they won't win 5-0 like they would have won if this had been played when it was originally scheduled, but they'll win. 3-1. Well, 2-1 two, two is the score the odds makers have. But interestingly enough, Bremen have become a bit of draw specialists. I mean, they've drawn the last, yeah. what, five games or four games in a row. Uh, so one might look for the draw here, but I, I, I do I agree with you, Kartik. I think uh, Leverkusen is going to get this done, and I think the odds makers are expressing that. All right, well, we're going to take a break. That will wrap up our Bundesliga preview. If you missed any part of the Bundesliga preview, of course, you can get onto Believe.com, our podcast network, and uh, search for uh, yesterday's show. You'll see the uh, majority of the matches there. In the meantime, Kartik and I will be back with more right after the break. Welcome back to Fifth Street Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, and coming to you on the affiliate stations of the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you. Perhaps that should be the pandemic anthem. We've been thinking about them over the last few shows, what would make a good pandemic anthem. We did uh, Richie Dagger's Crimes by the Germs, of course, because <laughs> that would be a good one. Uh, but that, No Fun by Iggy and the Stooges. Uh, but the fun about to start up again. Uh, I welcome you back to the show, and of course, welcome back my guest, Kartik Krishnaya. Uh, Kartik, let's put the no fun anthem behind us, because of course, uh, the Bundesliga is starting up this weekend, which means we will have some footballing fun to enjoy this weekend. Other leagues not too far behind, uh, La Liga and Serie A, both announcing, I think, June 12th or 13th start dates. Uh, England and the Premier League are talking about, quote, project restart. There are some discussions about that. The government said not before June 1st. I would have to imagine, Kartik, the Premier League does not want to be behind Serie A and La Liga in their start date. No, I I would imagine it actually ends up all being the same weekend because uh, someone had to go first. The Bundesliga has gone first. Now I think no one wants to be last. Right. So um, there was a there was a hesitation about being first. Right. Because you get all the bullets directed at you if it goes wrong. But uh, given the Bundesliga restart date is uh, this weekend and then we're looking three, four weeks into the future for Serie A, La Liga and presumably the Premier League, there's plenty of time to work out kinks. Uh, if there's something really bad with the Bundesliga restart and they have to abort, there's plenty of time for those leagues to pull back also. I don't think anyone wants to go last. Uh, also, considering there have been leagues that have uh, essentially voided their seasons uh, or, or, or canceled the remaining, remainder of their seasons in, in uh, the Netherlands and in uh, uh, France. So uh, yeah, I, I think you either restart by June 13th or you're in this position where you probably have to 
to void. Um, now, in the case of the Premier League, they also have uh, some unevenness in terms of teams that have fixtures they have to make up because of previous cancellations. It's not necessarily as clean as it might be in some other places. So uh, they're, they're going to have a, a lot of uh, scheduling to do. Well, there's certainly been some pushback. Uh, let, we're going to talk about Italy and Spain here in a minute, but there's been some pushback uh, in the Premier League against Project Restart. Most vocally, Danny Rose, the uh, Tottenham uh, defender now playing with Newcastle on loan, has said he, he thinks it's ridiculous, uh, shouldn't start back up, that it's unsafe, it's too early. And, and I wonder, Kartik, you know, how pervasive that attitude is amongst Premier League players. Um. I think it's probably very pervasive. I think it's, it, 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 I don't know that it's a majority opinion among players, but I don't think Danny Rose is speaking for himself, just himself. I think he's speaking for, I would guess, 25 to 30% of the players who are concerned about this, who also do not like the idea of potentially being separated from their families for any length of time. Um, and I and, think that and having is, to take a pay cut on top of that. Now, correct. Yeah. And, and, and I think that there is this general sense that um, now, irrespective of the kind of money they make, uh, the outrageous amount of money they make in, in, in some people's eyes, they're, the players uh, are, are thinking we're being asked to take a pay cut while being told to work in much unsafer conditions, potentially, than we typically work in. Uh, so they're going to make the workplace safety argument. I don't know that there's a good comeback. I mean, again, uh, for guys like Danny Rose, maybe thankfully, and Danny Rose almost got sold to a Bundesliga club actually when he got loaned to, to Newcastle, so he's not in the Bundesliga. But maybe it's lucky the Bundesliga is going first, and they can work out uh, whatever kinks there are in this. However, we also know Germans tend to be German society tends to be more I, 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 rigid I and right organized. Not trying to offend. What organized? Uh, more. Of, more organized, more efficient than British society. So, I, I mean, if Germany gets it right, it doesn't necessarily mean England will get it right, or certainly Italy. Again, I'm not trying to insult Italy or, or Britain, but you, I think everyone knows what I'm saying here. And there is a concern that the return to the Premier League may be somewhat chaotic. And there was a, a new red flag uh, earlier in the week when there were some uh, 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 staff and players that tested positive at, at Brighton just this past week or, or last week, late last week, uh, or maybe it was earlier this week, uh, losing track of the days in this, uh, this shutdown. But in, in any event, it was very recently. So that was another red flag. We had Aston Villa say something very similar, that they're not, uh, they're not looking to, uh, to, to resume that quickly because they've had some positive tests as well. Well, you know, it begs the question, Kartik, what happens if once you've restarted, you get a bunch of positive tests at your club? I mean, some of the reports, yeah, I, some I, of the well, reports well, coming out of New York, for example, are uh, that um, they found positive cases even on people that have self-quarantined. So um, the, it, it, what happens? I mean, the league goes into full swing. What, do we make two more games of the season, two more matches under the belt, and then it has to stop again? Yeah, th this is the concern, Nick. I think that this is a very real concern because I think we're looking at a situation where um, – Testing, testing and tracing has not been perfected in any of these places, right? This is, this is again, the kind of, I don't want to wade too deeply into politics, but this is when uh, uh, our president of the United States brags about our testing record. Um, 
as uh, Senator Romney pointed out in that congressional hearing earlier in the week, Senate hearing, it matters when you tested. South Korea right. may have conducted less tests, but it's because they tested at the right time. So now I think it's going to be highly chaotic. What happens? So this is Brighton's concern. This is Aston Villa's concern. And I think there was a third Premier League club that had an outbreak. Um, I, I can't remember who it was, but it may have been Norwich. But uh, they're, they're, Brighton and Aston Villa and the other club, whoever it is, uh, are concerned that this happened while players are, are are at least in theory under lockdown. Right. Right. So, um, what happens when we play games? What happens if a Brighton player, it, Brighton plays Arsenal and uh, they infect an Arsenal player? Um, this is this is a, a big problem. What if you have to stop after a restart of two matches? And then I think. There is also some uh, significant concern in uh, the football league. Uh, if, if we move away from the Premier League for a minute and we go down, down the divisions, there's some significant concern that resuming and finishing the season without crowds is going to be cost prohibitive. So that's a whole other right. issue. Well, we, Maybe and, we'll get and, into that another time. And we've discussed that impact here in the States about how bad that will affect, how badly that will affect Major League Soccer. Uh, because yeah. I think 80 percent of their revenue is from gate so uh that's a that's a, a bad problem uh, but let's just get back to restarts a second project restart in england of course Serie A and la liga both shooting for that weekend of the 12th and the 13th to uh, uh kick off again uh, but other leagues france most notably have suspended and canceled the league and i know there are already some lawsuits from teams in france against Ligue 1. Uh, but how did they end it, Kartik? What were the rules by which they ended it? Did they just take a league position so they, at time of cancellation? Yeah, or they actually did points per game. And because they did points per game, uh, because there was some unevenness, uh, some some fixtures had been canceled, uh, They Leon, who is actually still alive in the Champions League, if, if there is a Champions League, right? We don't know. Right. I mean, they're still, they, they were leading their tie against Juventus. Um, they have finished outside the Champions League positions because of this points-per-game formula. I think they finished fifth or sixth. And they are suing, um, or, or potentially suing. I don't know if they actually went ahead and filed it, but they were uh, making a lot of noise about that. And obviously, Leon, Olymp Olympic Lyonnais, a huge club, probably uh, had budgeted for being in Champions League again, let's be honest. So we know everybody's under a budget crunch, and this could this could hurt them more. And then uh, they, they awarded the top scorer... Uh, uh, to uh, to Mbappe over uh, uh, Ben Vesser uh, because uh, Mbappe had scored all of his goals in the run of play. <laughs> so that's also controversial that they decided to give a golden boot when there was a tie mm -hmm. to a guy, uh, you know, based on the fact that one of the players had um, more had scored from the spot a few times, saying, "Well, that doesn't count the same." And that uh, I don't know that that gets litigated, but that has been hugely controversial in uh, in the French media that uh, somehow now the league has has taken a an official stand that penalty kicks aren't uh, uh, spot kicks don't count the same as uh, goals in the run of play when you're determining the golden boot. I had actually never heard of breaking a tie that way before. That was quite bizarre. Well, it, it's interesting because um, you know France not the only league to start talking about. I mean, they have canceled, but. Uh, lots of uh, discussions in the Premier League. For example, Norwich have said, well, if the Premier League plays and the championship doesn't, we shouldn't get relegated. Why would you promote a team that hasn't played all of its games and we would get relegated? I think that is a really weak mm -hmm. argument, by the way, from the Canaries, who's a appalling yeah. play this season. And if I might add, I believe 
their strategy for the season was to get relegated while spending as little money as possible and look to bounce back with both the parachute payments and the money in the bank that they would have saved. That's always their strategy. Yeah, but, you know, I think the pandemic has has really seriously er erased the money they had in the bank. Yeah, I I think that's Delia Smith, uh, uh, Miss Delia Smith, their their chairwoman, who does a fantastic job financially running that club. I think that's always her strategy is spend a year or two in the prem, get the TV money, get the parachute payments, go down, don't have to break up your team because you haven't spent a lot, and then come back up. And they've done it now three or four times, right, Right. since she's been the chair there. And uh, they're a model club, but... I guess they, they probably are always living on the edge because of that, right? If, if something goes wrong one year and now it's gate receipts, it's clearly they're going to lose money because of this pandemic, and that maybe is why they're panicking. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. All right, so just to recap, uh, Project Restart in England, still no start date set. Uh, La Liga talking about the weekend of the 12th and the 13th, as is Serie A in Italy. Uh, meanwhile, the Bundesliga kicking off. Major League Soccer, no imminent plans to return, although they are talking about the mechanisms by which they might return. Uh, We've talked about that, Kartik, about the dangers financially for MLS. But we do have to go to break. We'll be right back after the break on Fifth Street Soccer, presented by betonline.ag. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about television rights. Be right back after this. Right, welcome back to Street Soccer presented by betonline.ag on Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports. Also, the affiliate stations and the network itself, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. <clears throat> We'd like to welcome our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. And if you're listening on one of our digital platforms, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or the award-winning Sirius XM app, we welcome you to the show with you every day, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, talking the beautiful game. And if you've missed any part of this show, you can pick it up immediately upon its conclusion by going to our podcast network. Uh, visit us at the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network, or just search your favorite podcast provider for Fifth Street Soccer, and you will find us there. You can get notified every time we post some new content for you, which is basically daily. All right, Nick Gieber here. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, with my uh, favorite guest and co-host, Mr. Kartik Krishnai. You can find him on Twitter as well, at KKFLA737. Kartik, we've been talking about a resumption of sports uh, in terms of the Bundesliga. A couple of observations from my side on this, uh, particularly sitting here in the United States, as uh, I believe 47 states have announced some sort of loosening of their quarantine restrictions and attempting to start a return to normal. Of course, the big glaring hole right now is the sports landscape, where all the American sports are currently not playing. We're not seeing sports on television, although I will say in Full disclosure, Kartik, I was riveted the other day, absolutely riveted to the Cornhole Championships on ESPN, uh, which were played with masks and social distancing, I might add. And if this is the sad state of sports in this country right now, it is a sad state indeed. That about to change in the weekend when one of the big German leagues, the Bundesliga, kicks off on Fox Sports. Kartik, let's talk about 
what this means for the profile of uh, the top-level European football. And let's not be myopic about England. Let's talk about top-level, top-flight European football, getting the edge over all the other American sports and having essentially the stage all to itself. What do you think this means for the game? I think this is fantastic for the game. I think there will be some some degree of pressure to um, to – uh, restart American sports because of this, but then there will also be sports commentators who are like, okay, I'm going to check out the Bundesliga. I'm going to check out whatever league starts after that. And I think that would be very, very big. Um, it also might tempt MLS to start perhaps before uh, they should. Uh, there are ideas floating out there about the uh, about potentially playing in uh, in Florida the entire league for a month and then having training camp and then a month of the season in Florida before home venues are ready. Uh, again so uh, that would be in order I think to preempt any potential restart from the NBA and NHL it's somewhat similar to the timeline for Major League Baseball that's being discussed although I think because of the strength of the players union in Major League Baseball versus the weakness of the MLS players union the the, the just you know complete weakness of that union uh, the baseball idea is more um presumptive right I, I think there will be some significant pushback whereas mls who knows if the players just roll over and, and, and do this yeah i um i have a hard time imagining uh, major league baseball returning under the framework that i've heard about where they're essentially going to be moving players and families to either arizona or florida uh, for essentially 80 games and, and i have a real issue w with seeing the players union agreeing to that sort of disruption of these players' lives and their families' lives. Now, clearly, once the baseball season is on, they travel a lot anyway. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. But let's get back to football for a minute. Um, currently, uh, the rights for the Bundesliga are held by Fox, at least for the remainder of this year. It's going to be a big benefit for that. You talked about MLS. Their rights package got up in 2022. It's currently a Fox-ESPN combo package. I wonder if this is going to enhance the value of it or reduce it, because if the big European leagues kick off first and they have the American sports landscape all to themselves on television, uh, one would think that uh, highlighting what is essentially a secondary or tertiary world league is not going to benefit the league in the long term. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's... Uh, um, it's a real question mark because the, the thought was the value of that package that, that begins in 2023 or the the package that will be negotiated to begin in 2023. A lot of thought was that the value was going to be high because of the 2026 World Cup right. being uh, co-hosted by the United States, uh, Canada and Mexico. Now, I think the calendar is going to be significantly disrupted. I mean, I, I'm not sure that the 2022 World Cup, well, I guess that's a winter World Cup, so it might still happen when it happens. But um there is going to be significant disruption to, to everything. And I, I, I don't know also uh, going forward how MLS um, is going to be able to, to regain the level of crowds it had and uh, continue to sell expansion franchises in this climate. So when you consider that, they're going to need to net more for that television package. I'm not sure if they will. Now, do they turn around and look at international media and trying to get rights fees from international broadcasters as the way to offset that? Um, and again, we talked on this show repeatedly about the bundled some MLS U.S. soccer package. 
uh, if there's some disruption to that uh, via, and I think this is important to note, we talked about it uh, the other day on the show, but we're gonna, I'm going to mention it again here. There are a significant number of people in women's soccer who um, they, they, they really see some as the bad guy. They think their money is being logged off into some, and even though some try to, uh, some would say generously, help NWSL, uh, last year during the Women's World Cup and after secure a sponsorship from Budweiser gets get on ESPN for the remainder of the 2019 season. NWSL, led by the independent women's clubs, the owners that don't have interest in MLS also, uh, were very anxious to move away from that arrangement. And they made a deal with a different uh, media partner in Octagon. Uh, a high-end media partner, right? That represents all sorts of uh, mm-hmm. um, entities in, in, in the world of entertainment and sports. And they got a deal with CBS, which MLS, it's kind of deal MLS hasn't been able to get for themselves, right? Some hasn't been able to get for MLS. So um, we haven't seen the first NWSL game on CBS yet because of coronavirus. But um, to me, that was pretty interesting. That showed there was uh, a lot of dis- unhappiness, which I knew about anyway from talking to folks with some in the women's game. Now, if that spills over into the U.S. package uh, and U.S. MLS arrangement or U.S. some arrangement, that could affect MLS's rights fee. They're going to need to get a certain amount of money out of this, I think, Nick, and they, and they may not get to that mark. Well, interestingly enough, Kartik, CBS is uh, bulking up its uh, sports offering as they get ready to launch, or they have launched CBS Interactive, but they get ready to make yeah. a much bigger push. I mean, uh, if you're not familiar with the streaming wars, uh, CBS Interactive has a lot of very high-end, expensive programming that CBS produces that are exclusive to CBS Interactive, like, for example, Star Trek Discovery, which is a very big-budget television show uh, that is exclusive to CBS Interactive. Uh, they've acquired the Champions League from TNT, and, and yep. if I might say, thank God for that. Um, yes. And, and, they, <laughs> and they intend to place all the Champions League matches on CBS Interactive at, at, at what is a bargain basement price, I might add, of five or six bucks a month or something like that. I mean, I happen yeah, to like cheap. CBS Interactive. It's very cheap and it, it, it's good quality. So this would definitely uh, fall in line with that strategy. Uh, but, you know, the more I think about this, uh, the more I think that MLS are going to be badly hurt by showcasing games with something less than current top-level world talent in empty stadia. Because one of the selling points of MLS, quite rightly so, over the decades, has been the incredible local support that these teams get and have got for the last, let's say, 12 or 13 years. They've been filling stadiums. That is a huge selling point for Major League Soccer. And when you do watch the games, the atmospheres have improved enormously from the days when it was soccer moms and their kids blowing vuvuzelas, making playdates on the phone with Brianna, uh, while the game is going on around them. That, those, that era is long behind us. But if you take that atmosphere, uh, the dynamic atmosphere, away from many of these MLS stadia, your left is what is essentially a second-rate league with a lot of old over-the-hill players playing in it, and it doesn't have quite the same uh, a- energy to it, Kartik. No, it doesn't. I, and, I, and I think what... Uh, what you end up doing then is you you, you focus more than on the uh, the level of play, right? And what's going on on the pitch. I think one of MLS's advantages has been recently when they've had matches in Atlanta, when they've had matches in Portland, when they've had matches in Seattle, yeah, it's terrific, uh, and isn't some it? other venues, Kansas City, that people focus on 
the the crowd and the aesthetics and and uh, the, the energy, group. the energy and, and the that, atmosphere, and the energy, which yeah, has yeah. been terrific. Listen, I, I I am an MLS critic, as those of you know. Uh, not that I don't want the league to succeed, I do, but but that you have to give them kudos where where it is due. And there are some franchises that have dynamic atmospheres in their stadium now. Yeah, and very traditional European feeling atmosphere. So I I would say Portland. I I, I say that about Orlando, Atlanta, Atlanta. Come on. Atlanta, it's been fantastic. Yeah. yeah, you know, it feels like you're watching a Bundesliga or a Premier League or, 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 or Liga a match in, in, at some t- points in terms of the atmosphere, not yeah. not the play on the pitch. So, but if you take that away, then, yeah, yeah, then you're you're exposed. You're badly exposed, and I think that that's that's something that uh, MLS has to worry about. And again, this goes 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 back to the calendar argument. I don't want to get too deep into this. And I guess maybe that's partly because of television, because summer is easier to show games in the American sports landscape. But part of the reason MLS's quality of play is what it is, is because they're playing in the hottest months of the year. It's just absurdly in some places where it's, it's, it's inhumanely hot and they're playing football in this, in this weather. And you, uh, you wonder why the game is so slow and labored. That's part of the reason. But um, any discussion of changing the calendar, which I think would, be advantageous from a television standpoint. Uh, it gets blocked, gets shot down. So they're they're on this calendar, and I think it's going to be tough to get a, a better deal on this calendar. Yes, I think so, Kartik. And, of course, the danger of the restart is now they're going to run smack up against the National Football League, who I will tell you unequivocally will start and will play. Yeah. Um, college football they won't, which is, uh, which is lucky. Uh, college football will not start when it's supposed to start, and and I don't know when they're going to play. And I and I will say this: uh, I know we're running out of time, but uh, I I've got a sort a couple sources in athletic departments telling me college basketball may not start till December, and they might just play conference games this year. So even the basketball season, which is kind of a year out from when the because obviously the NCAA tournament was canceled, uh, is still going to be impacted by the pandemic or the or the, or the knock on from the pandemic. So uh, I think college football will be affected. That's a break for MLS, but NFL will play. Major Major League Baseball will play in some form. The NBA and NHL will resume. And uh, we're saying Serie A, uh, La Liga, Premier League will resume at some point, And Bundesliga has already resumed. So that's a lot of competition. That's, that's yeah, a right. lot of trouble that's for MLS. A, that's a big, big squished together sports landscape. And again, uh, come uh, June, July, MLS not used to competing with European football leagues, uh, other than perhaps big tournaments, which would be Euros, yeah. this year, would have been the Euros this year, but of course uh, those have been postponed. But they would have used year. the Euros to try and win fans because what they would have done is they would have scheduled double headers. They did this with the Euros in 16 and in 12, where they have an MLS game broadcast on right after a Euro game. They won't have that luxury, so it's right. actually going to hurt them. Yeah. No Euros. All right. Well, we certainly wish everyone the best, and uh, we, we wish the best for Major League Soccer and the European leagues as they get to restart. Uh, we will be covering and following this story, obviously, and don't forget this weekend uh, the Bundesliga returns. You definitely want to check it out and enjoy it. All right. We have to step aside. Kartik Krishnaya, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll chat to you, Thank you in the next day or so. All right. I'll be right back after this to wrap it up.
Welcome back. This week's soccer. Nick Eber with you. We are presented by betonline.ag. It's great to be with you. We're with you every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. And look, if you missed any part of the show, never fear, my friends. You can find it. Our podcast is made available immediately upon the conclusion of the show, and you can find us at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, the Believe Podcast Network. A funny song, that, Sham 69. Of course, hurry up, Harry. Uh, only funny because, well, <laughs> no one's going to be going down the pub till at least 2021, according to the uh, UK government. That is the latest that I have heard. The pubs are slated to remain closed for that long. Look, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. And uh, that's what this show is about. It's about opinions and discussions. And uh, look, everybody has a passion and an opinion that they believe about, something that they believe in passionately. And this is the show for that because football and, well, uh, quite frankly, any sport, they're all about emotion and passion. Love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. That's at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Uh, very important that you uh, communicate with me so that you give me lots of topics to talk about because, of course, while we are uh, slightly slower in terms of the live sports these days, and that's an understatement, uh, it's the stories around the sport, the continuing drama, the soap opera that make it oh so fun to talk about. All right, uh, Believe Podcast Network, that's where you will find me, uh, B-L-E-A-V. Right after the show, you can download this show, you can download all our past shows, and you can sign up so you'll be notified every time we post a new show. But we do hope you'll join us live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. I want to thank everyone involved with this show for putting it out there. Look, we all have to show up and work under trying circumstances, or we'll stay at home and work under trying circumstances. But I want you to stay safe at home. Don't be stupid. Stay away from this boogeyman all right and we'll get through this together till tomorrow cheers Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.